Here's a little bit of this story. If you've got your Bibles or if you've got your app, you can get there with me to John chapter 5. And it says this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blame, the lame, and the paralyzed. Here's a picture of what Bethesda looks like today. It's a real place in Jerusalem. They couldn't find it until just about 100 years or, or so ago. And they weren't too sure that it was a, a real place or if it was just an allegorical kind of place, but it's a real place. Uh, in a hotel in the Jerusalem area, in, uh, the Holy Land Hotel, they have this incredible thing that you can go to, which is a scale model of what Jerusalem looked like in that first century. And here's a suggestion of what the pools of Bethesda look like. Here's what they look like now. That's what they probably looked like back then significant. Those pools in some places are 13 meters deep. That's about 40 feet. Now there's something that they believed happened in that pool. You can see the colonnades or you can see the the columns and the patio areas that were around the pool. And what the Bible just said to us as I read it was that there were people that were there as they referred to them as disabled people, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, there's one of these really interesting kind of numbering things that happens here in the text, because in John chapter 5, if you're looking on and you see it in your Bibles with me, you can see it goes John chapter 5, verse 1, 2, 3, and 5. It skips verse 4. Verse 4 is one of those verses that gets identified as probably not in the, old, in the oldest manuscripts, but it's in verse 4 that you at least kind of get a little bit of the information on why did the people gather there and why were all these disabled people there for this reason. Here's what the verse 4 said that we don't have in our Bibles. That's why I put a little asterisk next to it just to identify that. But look what it says. From time to time they believed an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. That's quite a deal. Would that, if you were disabled, would you gather around the pool? Probably. And you know, as we look at this and we think, you know, if I could just get there, I can get in the water first. If you're a paralytic, how well are you going to do that? Paralytic was a person who was completely dependent on other people. It actually goes on to say here in verse 1, one who was there had been, or verse 5, one who had been there had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, whether or not he laid there for 38 years is not really the issue, but for 38 years, he hadn't been able to walk. He was a paralytic. And if you're a paralytic, somebody's bringing you to the pool every day. If you're a paralytic, you can't get to the healing water by yourself. Your place and your condition is such that no one can help you with your condition. I was trying to think about what that would be like and how I could kind of describe it to you. And, and what, I, what made me remember an event, I'm, I'm privileged to go into Asia a lot. I'll be back in China in a month. And, and, and when I've been in Beijing and been on the Great Wall of China, I, I, was, I was walking one day and I kind of went about another half mile further than most of the tourists go. And it was out there in a place where there weren't too many people, where there was a person who was disabled. Matter of fact, he was, his, his, his legs and his arms were twisted 
Uh, there was no way the man could ever walk. There was no way the man could ever really use his arms. Uh, and what somebody was doing every day is they would take this man, put him on their back, and they would carry him all the way out to that spot on the Great Wall of China and put him down so that he could beg from the tourists. Now, it's believed that probably there at the Pool of Bethesda, the lame, the blind, the paralyzed, all of those that would gather there, were, they were all in competition for the water, weren't they? Because it was only the first person in who would get healed. But they were most likely also in competition for begging, for somebody who could help them because every one of them had a condition where they couldn't do things for themselves. And it's into this place and into this moment in this paralyzed man's life that we have Jesus comes. And what's unique about this is that Jesus initiates. I want you to remember that. Jesus initiates. And what he says to, the, to this man who's paralyzed is this. Do you want to be healed? Now you look at that and go, man, what a stupid question that probably is here at the Pool of Bethesda. Interesting and great choice of song, by the way, man is that the Pool of Bethesda means the house of grace. But it can also mean the house of disgrace. Even it was as it was a place of grace where people could come and be healed, it was a place of struggle, it was a place of pain, it was a place of frustration, it was a place where people who were completely dependent on somebody else went in hopes that someone would heal them. But in that moment, in that place, Jesus, Jesus steps into this paralytic's life. And he's asked somebody about him because it says he was told about it and that he'd been there for 38 years or been an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus says, do you want to be healed? Now, what's interesting is the man's response because he says this. He said, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool while the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Can you just imagine? The blind couldn't see it. The deaf couldn't hear it. The paralyzed couldn't get to it. But as soon as if, they, if this really was happening where the water was stirred, there would be some kind of a shout. There'd be some kind of a movement as everybody got up and tried to be the first one in. And Jesus says, do you want to be healed? The man looks at Jesus and he focuses on the physical reality of the pool. He doesn't see Jesus as the one who can do his healing. He doesn't know who he is. But then Jesus looks at him and he says this, get up, take your bed, and walk. Here's what you and I have to know. Jesus is talking more here than just his physical healing. Jesus is talking about the wholeness of the person. Because isn't that what Jesus has come to address? The wholeness of the person, not just our physical needs. Now the question is still the same today. And it's a question that God still asks to every single one of us. And it's this question, do you want to be healed? But instead of it being just about physical illness or physical healing, it's really a question for us about wholeness. It's a question for us about wholeness. How do you look at who Christ is? He's still the one who initiates. Would you read this with me from Romans 5? You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see the initiation? It's there in the first sentence. It's there in the second sentence. At just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died. At just the right time, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He always initiates. He always invites. And he's inviting you and me today for that same kind of an experience. Now, we might think as we look at ourselves and our circumstances, I'm not a paralytic, but some of you might be. I'm not blind, some of you might be. I'm not deaf, some of us are. I wear hearing aids every day of my life. But we all have issues that are going on inside of us. Now, if you're on a sports team or you're a person who's physically capable and able, you look at that and you go, well, I'm feeling kind of whole. Great. But when you are alone on your bed at night and your head's on the pillow, it's in those moments when it's only you and your head and your heart where you're able to identify where the holes are, the brokenness is, and where the uncertainty, fears, and frustration that you live with Because we've all got it. And Jesus would say, you can either look to me as the God who would come and be the flash and restore you and heal you miraculously, or I can be the one that can restore you in your very soul and being and make you whole through faith in me. I had a friend that died last night. Her name was Beth. She fought a two-year battle with pancreatic cancer. She had the slow version of pancreatic cancer because it usually kills much more quickly. Beth was a successful attorney. Married, husband Randy, two kids, Katie, eighth grade in our school, and Kyle, sophomore in high school. And imagine watching over a period of two years your mom a successful attorney, mom who loves you, who gave birth to you, who gave life to you. Watch her waste away. And she died last night. But you know what she did? She died whole, no longer broken, and fully restored. And how Randy and Katie and Kyle are going to handle it is because they know the Jesus who restores. They prayed and asked for the flash But it was his choice to heal her on the other side of life. And because they believe in that restoration, they also are three people who believe in heaven and eternity and God who will walk with them every day of our lives. That's the same thing he offers you. It's the same thing he gives me. And it's the question that he would ask us the way he asked the paralytic that day. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Whatever you look like on the outside and however you think you can convince everyone that you've got it all together, you and I both know that there's stuff going on inside of here where you know the brokenness, you know the holes, you know the aches. And that's the God who comes to restore you, to give you hope and a confidence that he's with you always.